Hi, and welcome to The Language Lie. A podcast about idioms. I'm Ingrid. I'm Casey. How's it going, Casey? It's going like it's never gone before. Wow. That's a remarkable thing to be... I mean, it's true on an existential level. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Big waves. Giant storms. Casey and I were having an uplifting conversation before we started. We spiraled. <laughs> we did, just a little bit, just a scotch. But, you know, now we're here with you. Um, so, we're here to talk about an idiom. Casey, are you excited to hear what today's idiom is? Yes. Is, is, it, is it as exciting as climate change? Yes. <laughs> Great. Why, yes, it is. People will listen to this, at least. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a stretch. Damn, that was a sizzle. At least, like, you know, 15 The same amount of people listen to this. As as listen to about climate change, you're correct. Oh, so, you know, this actually is a really apt idiom for the way that we've started this podcast. It's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Ah, yes, I've heard this. Do you know what it means, Casey? It means that the story's not over, and potentially, um, and that there's an expected um, outcome that is not as favorable as the one uh, that someone is currently experiencing. Um, I mean, that's correct. I I think it's interesting that you added the second part, that it's not as favorable. I mean, it's that's always kind of the like idea. Yeah, a lot of the right. places I found it said that it's it's expected to be a negative result, but I don't usually think of it that way. Maybe oh. I do. Maybe I'm more negative than I actually give myself credit for, which hmm. is, you know, I'm le- I'm glad to know about myself. Um, where do you think this comes from, Mister Divine? I think it comes from when youngsters in post depression era would take their shoes, tie them together, throw them over a power line. They had electricity back then, right? Um, (laughs) Yes. And sometimes one shoe would drop, and then people were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wow. So you've kind of like mashed. And and or. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I'm not done. (laughs) Great. And or. uh, It's about the early stages of shoe factories when there would be like a a great shoe fire no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> like a like an explosion not an explosion like a, a oh my god a, how did we get here <laughs> um like a a disruption in the the product chain thing machine and one shoe would fall and the other shoe off the would, assembly line off the assembly line, thank you, that's the word. And everyone was waiting for the other shoe to drop because it could be catastrophic. Okay. Well. And also, <laughs> I'm just kidding, those are the only two things that are left in my brain. What does it mean in... I, I love both of these answers, thank you. I feel like you've really shown some creativity today. It's weird that they're both perfectly right, too. Yeah, it's hard for two things to be right, but you just... You do it all the time. I did it. Uh, what is the thing in modern culture, forgive me for being 
ignorant of popular culture as always, but why do people throw their shoes over the power line? Doesn't it indicate that there's like a, it's, it's some sort of illegal activity, right? Oh, interesting. Tennis shoes? So, I don't know. Uh, I know in Baltimore, if there's like a drug house, um, back in the day, someone would take like a, um, like a cassette tape for audio recordings for, for kids before MP3s and CDs. My, my, kid has, my kid has some leggings with cassette tapes on them and people are always like, do you know what those what are, is that? young man? <laughs> uh, so they would take the cassette tape and they would pull the tape out and then like throw that in front of the house or neighborhood. Um, I will say I'm a little, I feel like I have um, misrepresented what it means in my own head because I hitchhiked around the country a long time ago and once I finished hitchhiking and I like decided to live in Seattle, I took the shoes that I had hitchhiked with, I tied them together and I threw them around a, uh, like a wire. You're but adorable. now everyone's like, this is a drug house. <laughs> Casey was just expressing himself, and suddenly everyone's like, trying Yay! to buy him. <laughs> suddenly he's at the police station. Yeah, I'm getting questioned. <laughs> so if any of our listeners know actually what it means, I'm not going to look it up. So just write in and mm. tell us. Thanks. Uh, but you're correct on what it means. And I would like everyone to know an in advance that unlike every other idiom I've ever researched, this one has an origin. It's not either of the things that Casey said. So it does mean to wait for something inevitable. Uh, this is from grammarist.com. For instance, a disgruntled wife may move out of her house and her friends may wait to see if she files for divorce or waits for the other shoe to drop. Is that ever how you've thought about someone like, moving out, a wife moving out of their house. <laughs> like, well, we're just going to wait for the other shoe to drop. Well, what's the other shoe in this uh, yeah. situation? Like maybe she needs something worse to happen before she files for divorce. Wow. I would think it was bad if she already moved out. Interesting and weird. Yes. I, I And also I loved how many of the examples I found all over the internet that were of this of a, a wife leaving her husband, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they also say that it can mean to wait to see what someone else is going to do before committing oneself to a certain action or plan, which that doesn't have like a negative connotation. I feel like a lot of times I connote this with like something bad is going to happen. Like you were, like you were saying, for instance, a company may lay off its sales force. The rest of the employees might wait to see what the company's next step will be or wait for the other shoe to drop. The idioms at the Free Dictionary also gives an example of now that she has a good enough job to leave her husband, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. What? And so what is the other shoe to drop in this instance? I don't know. Exactly. Like... I, this poor woman, I like thinking that it's all the same woman. It's too. the same woman? She's like, <laughs> please, can I catch a break? I just need a different shoe, people. So, back to you, Grammarist. They say that the phrase comes became popular at the turn of the 20th century, and it originated in New York tenements. These tenements were poorly constructed, crowded apartment buildings. A resident could certainly hear his upstairs neighbor 
dropping his shoes on the floor as he took them off at night, first one and then the other. So it's, you're huh. waiting for the other shoe to drop as you're trying to go to sleep in your, your poor life in your tenement. So this led me to Gothamist, which I had to check out their take on this, given the New York connection. They were, of course, really excited about this idiom. They said that the unsteady pattern of neighbor noise is maddening still, but in modern times, it's more like waiting for the other bass to drop, waiting for the other random piece of furniture to be moved around endlessly, waiting for the television to be turned off, or waiting for that winning lottery ticket so I can move to a place with no neighbors. And then they say, at least we have white noise machines now. It's true. So that's wow. where it comes from. Waiting for the bass to drop. Waiting for that's the, the new one. For the other bass to drop. The other bass to drop. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> use instead. Oh, have you lived in a downstairs apartment? Yes, in Seattle, and where your shoes were outside. Where yes, because I didn't have them inside because obviously that's what you do to them. Um, but our upstairs neighbor. I don't know. She lived there by herself. I don't know what she was doing at 11 p.m., but... It's always the middle of the night. River dance. It had to be river dance. <laughs> yeah, I lived in college. I lived in a couple of downstairs apartments, and like my rule for life forever has been, I don't really care where I live, but it will not be in a downstairs apartment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at me. I have a piano, and I'm upstairs, so... <laughs> I'm the worst of them all. You are an amazing neighbor because you have said to me before that you will not play your piano like after seven, which is that's not true. After really nine. kind. You're a wonderful neighbor. I happen to Thank know this. You. Casey's a great neighbor, guys. So um, one more thing I wanted to say about this is that all of this like led me to a New York Times article about worrying, and I was like, this might say more about my search history than anything hmm. else. We noticed you search a lot about anxiety. It had this really big headline that was like, worrying about something that hasn't happened yet will steal your joy. And I was like, someone wrote this? They got paid to write this article. We didn't know this. So that's some the idiom. Need, some people need to hear it. Yeah, they do. It's true. And if that if you're that person, I'm glad that I could summarize that New York Times article for you because if you're that worried you probably don't have time to read that New York Times article yeah or Stealing... listen to podcast about it <laughs> so what true what are you doing get back to work <laughs> go to your third job come on yeah all right so that's our idiom mm-hmm. I wanted to say one more language related thing you know how oh. I like to go on a tangent sometimes so I was talking to my friend Aaron about something annoying that had happened, and he replied in text. He was like, that's so mid. And I was like, I'm sorry, what are these words that you have just no, said? Is this a teenager you're talking to? <laughs> you know how I text with a lot of teenagers. Who? What, what grown adult? Does Aaron listen <laughs> to this you. podcast? <laughs> we're, we're, he's going to have some realizations about himself if he does. So it was a group text, and our other friend Brock was like, I think that Aaron just makes up slang to try to trick me into thinking that that's what young kids <laughs> say. <laughs> that's and I agree. Uh, but no, he wrote back and said that the etymology, he used etymology in a text, which makes me impressed. He said that the etymology of mid comes from weed culture. You have top shelf and you have the mid, and nobody wants the mid. 
So it's like, it means that it's, it's bad. You know, and, you know, there's a, a whole conversation we can have about really what is, what is the bad. Casey thinks mid is fine. So. I mean, it depends on what, like. Anyway, we're not getting into it here, but. Yes, we learned I some new it. slang. I'm yeah. excited. Um, that's cool. Or Aaron has lied to all of us, so. Yeah, he's like, what can I make up real quick? Chat GPT. <laughs> makeup. <laughs> makeup makeup slang. in origin. What do you think happens if you put makeup slang into chat GPT? Guess what I'll be doing with the rest of my night. Oh, cool. Cool. So do you have an international idiom for us, Casey? I do not. But instead, I cool. subbed this out okay. for a phrase that you should not say or a word <gasps> that you should not say. So cool. Long form language lie, we would do, sometimes we would do both. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to do one of the words that you shouldn't say. I love and these. Is, Thank you. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. Truly. Uh, the word is hooligans. Uh, hooligans. It's is... derogatory to the Irish, right? Yeah. How do you know? I know a lot of hooligans. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it derives from a character. A uh, family of cartoon characters uh, with the same name, um, and they were um, Irish immigrants struggling to fit in to London <clears throat> uh, at the time, and so it was like harshly stereotypical um, and not really kind. And their name so, was the Hooligans. Was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea about that part of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so don't say it, y'all. That sucks. It's a fun word. But I'll take it out. Yeah. We're not going to be able to speak. I know. That's true. Also, like, that's going to become some commonly horrible word, and we're going to get this podcast is not going to be allowed to be, we're gonna get taken off the air. Um, well, cool. Thank you for that interesting fact. Yes, my pleasure. Well, oh, we wanted to say before we go into our. Tell it right in. Let us know any of these things. But we wanted to say that we've also put up a lot of, we're we're trying to get caught up with the backlog, but we're starting to put episodes up on YouTube now so that we can have closed captioning so that that is accessible. So just know that that's there. I'm figuring out how to do it. It's really fun. So um, give us your thoughts on that or any other don't, idioms. Or don't. Don't, don't do it. But if you want to watch us <laughs> you make watch fools it, of ourselves. You can go to the Language Lie on there. YouTube. Yeah. And um, you can also email us at thelanguagelie at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs at thelanguagelie, all one word, on Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. We have a Twitter. I would love... To put things on it. It's an aspiration. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right, bye y'all. Bye.